The Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell is largely an opinion talk show. All opinions, comments, or statements of fact expressed by Rob McConnell's guests are strictly their own and are not to be construed as those of the Exxon Radio Show or endorsed in any manner by Rob McConnell, Relmar McConnell Media Company, the Exxon Broadcast Network, its affiliated networks, stations, employees, or advertisers. All Hit Radio. Welcome to the X-Zone, a place where fact is fiction and fiction is reality. Now, here's your host, Rob McConnell. Welcome back, everyone. This is the Exxon. I am Rob McConnell. If you'd like to send an email, Exxon at ExxonRadioTV.com on all social media sites, Exxon Radio TV. And to find out about the programming we have available for you 24-7-365 on the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. And don't forget the Exxon, uh, T- the Exxon channel on Simul TV, where we have the very best of paranormal UFO Bigfoot videos. We have news on the hour. Not any kind of news. News pertaining to the paranormal, parapsychology, and all the wonderful topics that that we talk about here on the Exxon and we have been talking about for 28 years, my gosh. You know, here doing the show that I do every night, there are certain people that you hear of who come and go. There are those who, well, you just listen and say, wow, geez, I wonder what he or she is on. And then there are people like my guest this hour, Peter Robbins, who is one of the most respective and respected investigative writers and public speakers on the subject of UFOs that I've ever had the pleasure of talking to. He has more than 35 years' experience as a researcher, investigator, writer, lecturer, activist, and author. Now, he's a regular guest on radio shows around the country. He's appeared or uh, on or been consultant to numerous television shows and documentaries. He is also an author... But we all know and respect Peter Robbins for the work that he is doing, the work he has done, and still the much work he is going to be doing in the future. His website, PeterRobbinsNY.com. And Peter, welcome back to the Exxon. Always great talking to you. Rob, it's great to be back. Uh, Pete, for the uh, people who who have just joined the network and are listening to you for the first time, their loss, our gain. (laughs) Can you explain to us or share with us how you became involved in ufology and the work that you do? Great question to start with. Um, It was never my intention or desire Mm -hmm. um, to get involved in this field. The subject held absolutely no interest for me growing up. Uh, My only aim in life um, professionally was to be a painter or a photographer or some kind of artist. I uh, was fairly gifted as a kid, um, studied painting um, at, I think, the finest art school in America, New York School of Visual Arts. Uh, I ended up on the faculty there mm-hmm. and was um, living that dream uh, 40 years ago when uh, everything derailed and changed quite immediately for me with the return of a memory from childhood. 
<clears throat> I was born in New York City, but uh, our folks moved us out to uh, Long Island in a, a very pretty little village out there. Um, and it was a lovely place to come of age in the 60s. Um, I was about as sophisticated as Leave it to Beaver. I was the <laughs> ultimate mega nerd. I read a lot. Um, I was a short, geeky kid. I, I still am short. Um, I collected stamps and bugs and rocks and loved museums, loved the theater, uh, not into sports. Um, and one afternoon, um, out in front of the house that we grew up in, my sister Helen and I were playing. Uh, I, June, late morning, uh, not a cloud in the sky, and I caught something out of my right peripheral vision and immediately called her attention to it and we watched as five uh, silvery white uh, disc-shaped objects in a very precise military type V as in Victor formation came in at a very high rate of speed and stopped on a dime oh. so to say uh, over the neighbor's house. Um, they were metallic but not shiny like stainless steel more like you know, brushed aluminum mm -hmm. or something. I can't tell you how large they were, but um, they were close enough that we could both clearly make out regular detailing around the edge. They weren't round, they were elliptical, like taking a dinner plate and holding it up at a slight angle. And we looked and we looked and we looked. Up until that moment in my life, my only exposure uh, to the flying saucer or UFO phenomena was on uh, assorted Saturday afternoons when me and some of my good friends would take our bikes to the theater and watch, you know, two black and white sci-fi movies with cartoons and a newsreel for one penny. Just kidding, but a lot less than movies today. And I guess like a lot of kids of my era, I intuited the adult message that this is fun stuff, but it's certainly not real. And there they were. Um, I have to say, Rob, that um, I went through a reaction at that time that in my life as an investigative writer uh, and interviewing hundreds of people over the years, I've come to call the checklist reaction. And I've spoken to many, many dozens of people that have had identical experiences. You're minding your own business. You look up mm -hmm. and you see a thing or things and your mind rattles off everything they're not. Planes, blimps, kites, helicopters, balloons. Uh, and... Um, there they were. Uh, no appendages, no nothing. Um, I knew that they didn't exist, but there they were. And it was a very lonely moment for me, and one where I realized everything I thought, everything I knew uh, was now up for grabs. I was aware of the ridicule that was attached to the subject. And as a adolescent running on hormones and just the hope I'd someday grow taller, have cooler clothes, and have a girlfriend, I knew I would destroy my life if I talked about it. And I'm only half joking. Um, and somehow, over the next weeks, I managed to fully put it out of my mind. Uh, my sister never forgot it. And in fact, it was the beginning of a full-scale abduction experience for her. The memory was repressed for 14 and a half years, and when it came back, it came roaring back. And... Um, we compared stories, and um, much as I still wanted to follow my dream to be a painter, mm -hmm. it kind of evaporated. Uh, there was something more important. Um, 
I was driven by an obsession of what had happened to my sister, and I didn't like it. I still don't in a way, but here I am all these years later doing the work and doing the best job I can at it. Peter, as a, as an expert uh, when it comes to ufology and a journalist, the number of cases that you yourself have spoken to people about who have had encounters, sightings, or abductions, do they all fit the same pattern? Um, first, because I'm a writer that loves language, like many writers, uh, I, I don't really believe in experts in the field. It's we, it's the unknown. Um, I know a fair amount about the phenomena, but I'm always uncomfortable with that word. And much as I respect uh, so many journalists, I am not one. I am a self-trained investigative writer, okay. um, and they're in another class. Um, there are very strong patterns. Um, but there are different patterns. And uh, the one that I've described is definitely uh, a leading one among them. And that's worldwide. Now, when it comes to the, the cases that were first talked about going back to the 90s, Betty and Barney Hill, but mm. they're a case that... You but know, that's going back to the 1960s. I, I know, but they didn't become as as famous as they did until the 90s when the internet hit a, you know was was born and then the tv shows like uh, um the x-files well, came on and the other x-files right uh, you know nobody nobody had heard of betty and barney hill to the extent that all of a sudden they were in the limelight then you had the work that stanton friedman had done with um, MJ-12 and the work that he has done with uh, the Roswell case. And all of a sudden, the UFO phenomenon came into being. Now, having having said... Go ahead, ahead, Peter. It was always out there, and Betty and Barney Hill, their uh, abduction incident is sort of a special case. It happened in 1961 uh, Uh when this New Hampshire couple was returning from a holiday uh, from Niagara Falls, but it didn't become public knowledge until uh, 1965, when in fact it exploded in the American media and was major coverage in Life magazine, Look magazine, the major American <clears throat> periodicals. Right. But I know what you're saying. Um, with the internet, um, all of a sudden there was endless amounts of information, and I stress alleged information, regarding the phenomena. Also, as we moved into uh, the 2000s, a fringe area in in human endeavor, namely conspiracy-oriented thinking, was still generally in its infancy as far as the general public goes. Now, um, it's considered literally mainstream. And for me, the internet um, is a double-edged sword. It's like the voice of God. I mean, sometimes I'll just sit there and type in the most obscure question I can think of about a personality in history, a detail of a pop song. And of course, you always get the answers. Um, But in the world of UFO um, investigation online, you can see the coolest photograph or read the most extraordinary account. But Has it been scientifically verified? Are the witnesses named? Uh, Has the photograph or the film footage been through 
any kind of uh, analysis? Do we know that the analyst was yeah. a real person? And Peter, we uh, have to take a break. Yeah. Please stand by. Explanation. Yeah. Peter Robbins is our very special guest. www.peterrobbinsny.com. And Peter and I will be back on the other side of this break. Don't go away. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere. 24-7-365. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simo-TV plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, Sci-Fi, and Horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games, no need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. Free video on demand. Live streaming events from around the world. Interactive online network and much more. Tomorrow's TV today. Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Peter Robbins is my very special guest this hour, Exonation, www.peterrobbinsny.com. Uh, Peter, I, I guess the point I was trying to get to is yep. that with all the 
all the information that people have access to and the spreading of information or disinformation mm -hmm. that can be done on the social media. How come there are no major cases being reported today like the Betty and Barney Hill, like the crash at Sonora, like the um, Phoenix Lights, uh, you know, just to name a few? Mm -hmm. um, I think part of the reason is... Um, Information can be controlled to a degree. Mm -hmm. Also, there's such a thing as um, what I'll term information overload. Uh, it's like dragging a kid through a huge museum. At a certain point, you know, your, your fuse box just blows out. Uh, there may be information, but now it's semi-mainstream. It's in there, but people aren't reacting to it quite as much. Um, they're overwhelmed with information uh, on the subject, mm -hmm. and perhaps it happened in a foreign country. Um, we here in America in particular, um, we're kind of cultural blinders, and our news services are less and less likely to report events of this type if it is not American. Uh, it's a sad commentary, but um, with the uh, kind of advent of or re-advent of America first, quite literally, um, our attention is more and more on ourselves and uh, the great uh, operatic dramas playing themselves out uh, south of your border there. Um, I I think also the, um, the extraordinary, uh, what was at first an overwhelming novelty or a shock, and now um, the terms abduction, when people hear it, many people outside of the field associate it with uh, the UFO phenomena and uh, pioneering work of, say, the late, great Bud Hopkins. Yes. Uh, the same can be said um, for uh, UFO cover-ups, ho-hum, what else is new? Um, it's become so mainstream in part um, – driven by the entertainment industry with terrific historic television shows like The X-Files, uh, new movies all the time mm -hmm. that run from the sublime to the ridiculous, um, novels. Um, the term gray, for example, um, if we were talking 30 years ago, we'd be talking about a shade between black and white. That's now right. you say the word gray, and in popular culture, it's immediately understood it's a certain archetypal being of another intelligence. Uh, so I think part of it is information overload and regionalism. If, if there is a Betty and Barney Hill level case that happened last month in Indonesia, Venezuela, um, or, um, you know, southern India, we're probably not going to hear about it. But would it not be to the advantage of organizations like MUFON to make sure that this information is is put out there in the United States and in English-speaking uh, international countries like Canada, Australia, Great Britain, in order oh, to in order absolutely. to add the statistics and to say, look, there it's still happening because yes. I, I have I had lunch with a with a uh, a TV producer today who does who does news on a Canadian network. And he says, Rob, how come we don't hear about UFO crashes anymore? We don't hear about alien abductions. You know, what happened to it? Is it gone? I said, no, it's still there, but it's just not getting reported. It's also possible. Uh, and again, when we begin, when we're in a discussion like this, 
you and I both know of individuals in the field who can tell you what the Alpha Centaurians have for breakfast, mm -hmm. uh, why the Zeta Reticulans are here, and for how many hundreds of thousands of years they've been coming, uh, of the plans of the greys and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. For me, um, that is unknowable information. And to state it as empirical fact is, by definition, um, not true. There is no way you can know that. People will say, um, I know it because I received it in a dream, because they told me, because it was channeled, because I have a contact very high up in the intelligence community, but it's always unverifiable. And when it's driven by belief and faith in your belief, and say an important researcher who puts it out there and sells a lot of books, and you're one of many people that follow their work, there is that camaraderie and uh, sense of being a part of something bigger than yourself that's functionally identical to organized religion, which is not necessarily a good thing when you're trying to uh, proceed in a scientific, historic, plotting, you know, earthbound manner as um, I do. So the other thing, um, and it's just, again, the pure speculation, mm -hmm. over the decades since the Roswell crash um, uh, and the other ones that may well be as authentic as the fact that we're sitting right here right now talking about them, perhaps their technology has been more finely tuned as our technology has been. Uh, again, it's pure speculation, but you know, almost boringly logical, but that's not out of the question either. Is it possible that these events were created by misidentification, misinformation, and that there was no UFO, in fact, involved in the Roswell crash? That the Roswell crash was, it, was, 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 yeah. was rekindled at the right time, the right place, by a person who had the right credentials. Well, um, anything is possible, number one. In the case of Roswell, mm -hmm. um, the information did not break in the public realm until 1980. And that was after uh, our dear friend um, and celebrated Canadian-American, uh, Stanton T. Friedman, was the researcher, not a researcher, to make contact with Jesse Marcel Sr., right. uh, a, a much maligned and uh, worthy of tremendous historic respect individual who was the base uh, intelligence officer uh, on the 509th uh, Army Air Corps yeah. base outside of Roswell at the time, who had pieces uh, of the crash. Um, his son, the late, great Jesse Marcel Jr., a, a dear friend who we miss every day, uh, always stood by his story of remembering going through some of the debris mm -hmm. that his father brought back to the house when he was a kid. Um, there are um, arguments for it being some kind of super secret kind of test vehicle. Um, I look at <clears throat> some of um, the information which I really got into 10, more than 10 years ago when I uh, began to be employed by the city of Roswell um, to help them uh, build their UFO-related tourism and manage their huge yearly conference events and festivals. Right. Um, have many friends there, was there just uh, last year again. Mm -hmm. um, that's when I began to uh, make deeper contact with the real specialists in the work. Uh, some folks forget that, I guess it was about 10 years ago, 
a very famous photograph of General Roger Ramey, who was instrumental in the initial cover-up, um, taken within a day or so of the story breaking. He's holding a cablegram. Um, at the time, um, optical analysis did not allow for the kind of examination that could bring up the text on that cablegram um, if there was anything relevant to deal with. But over the years, things changed. And I think one of the great pieces of uh, breaking research in the whole Roswell story was um, the ability to truly take a, a hard look at that with more advanced photo uh, analysis techniques. In a specific photograph taken by a news photographer at the time, um, uh, which with one of those big five by five Graflex cameras with extraordinary resolutions, ice lenses, all that stuff. And you can actually read highly, highly explosive wording on it. Um, that's the real deal. That is not Photoshop. That is fully authentic. It's been through hundreds of hours of independent an analysis. Um, again, off on a tangent a bit here, but um, I think when we talk about UFOs, the great majority uh, of these events likely can be explained in conventional, if exotic, terms. Again, to paraphrase uh, Stan Friedman, the question is not, are UFOs uh, machines of you know, advanced technology uh, coming and going with impunity and under the control of other intelligences? The question has one ever been. And the answer to that, based on my 40 years plus in the field and Stan's more than 50, uh, maybe 60, is an overwhelming yes. We're dealing with a genuine, truly anomalous phenomena here, whether it's extraterrestrial, interdimensional, both take your pick is, again, left to the realm of speculation at best. How damaging has the Internet been to authentic UFO investigations? Well, um, uh, again, I think it's cut both ways. It has made um, the topic much more mainstream. Mm -hmm. It has done a little to cut through the history of the incredible ridicule that attached itself to the subject with high intention in 1947, and that was not an accident, um, and made it uh, more acceptable for like-minded people to discuss and consider seriously. At the same time, it has overloaded um, the whole network with so much information, some of it absolutely crap, specious nonsense. Um, and that makes people withdraw and feel more cautious. Uh, I think the best tools that we can approach anything uh, in this field with as investigators, and I say that uh, for the most best known professionals and the most beginning students, is use your common sense. Use your critical thinking. Um, think logically and um, do your best to sort through it. All that right, Peter. includes not just photos, but the individuals that allege to have taken them and give the accounts. Peter, stand by. We've got to take our news break at the bottom of the hour. Exonation. Peter Robbins is our very special guest. www.peterrobbinsny.com. I'm Rob McConnell. This is the Exxon. We'll be back after the news. From our broadcast studios in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, to the world and beyond. 
You're watching the Exxon Broadcast Network, www.xzbn.net. I am Dr. Carl O'Helvey, founder, president of a new cancer foundation focusing on evidence-based physical, mental, and spiritual interventions, including natural cancer cures, prayer, meditation, affirmations, nutrition, and other related holistic cancer prevention and cure modalities. These are used in cancer education, research, and financing care. I ask for your help to continue this important work by donating at www.holisticcancerfoundation.com. Did you know that when you're on the road with limited data or Wi-Fi, you can still listen to the Exxon Radio Show with Rob McConnell, The Science of Magic with Gwilda Wiaka, X-1, Dimension X, Space Patrol, and every minute of the Exxon Broadcast Network by calling 213-401-0080, courtesy of Audio Now. No smartphone, app, or internet needed. It saves your data plan, and it's free if you have unlimited minutes. Call 213-401-0080 to listen on any phone, anytime, anywhere. Remember 213-401-0080 for the best of the paranormal, parapsychology, and sci-fi radio programming anywhere, 24-7, 365. Rob McConnell here, presenting an overview for Nicholas Paul Jinnick's, author of a fascinating book, Amen. It presents facts revealed by Egyptologists, facts that enable us to understand why Amen is the beginning of creation of God. It provides recommendations for religious leaders of the major religions to unify their beliefs and teach the Word of God, love one another. Amen informs people how mankind conceived God, it was the Egyptians that developed the concepts of a soul, a hereafter, and son of God. And finally, after the worship of many gods, they conceived the belief in one universal God, the maker of all there is. For more information, visit www.futureofgodamen.com. That's www.futureofgodamen.com. Exonation Peter Robbins is our guest, and his website is www.peterrobbinsny.com. Peter, before we went to the break, we were talking about the influence or lack of influence that the the internet is giving to ufology. And you know, there, I, you know, there's you and I both know that there's a lot of uh, questionable reporting that is done on the internet, as well as a lot of the photos that appear 
on the internet are either CGI or photoshops when mm -hmm. it comes to UFOs. So how does somebody who is listening to us right now and say, you know what, the, the, the guy Rob's got on the show right now, Peter Robbins, he sounds like he's the kind of investigator when it comes to ufology that I would like to be. How do they proceed? Where should they go to, to learn or to get the right answers? Where would you point them in order to get the credible side of ufology? Well, um, I'm sometimes think of myself as a analog person living in an increasingly digital world. <laughs> um, if you were sitting here with me, um, you would find yourself in a small study with about a thousand books on the shelves, uh, probably a third of them dealing with the UFO subject. Mm -hmm. um, I, I would say begin to read some of the classic literature in the field and come with the understanding that this is a reality. However, um, to to see a photograph, you know, on the internet that looks really cool, or one in an anthology that has stood the uh, test of time for decades by, say, uh, a Donald Kehoe or an Alan Hynek or a Bud Hopkins, um, and to learn something about what goes into photo analysis. Um, one of my great mentors was a tough, no-nonsense, Italian-American New York City police detective who also happened to be a crack ufologist. Pete Mazzola died much too young, yes. but um, helped me to learn to investigate in a very pragmatic manner. And, and one of the hallmarks was what we call triangulation. If you have uh, an alleged photo and you interview the photographer and they are a person of good character and real credibility without any hint of wanting to uh, make a book uh, a buck on this. Um, the the Trent photos, those two extraordinary photos taken 1950 in May in McMinnville, Oregon, uh, by a farmer who never copy wrote them. Um, Bruce Maccabee, the now retired dean of uh, uh, UFO photo analysis, uh, and other um, uh, such players um, did hundreds of hours of analysis on these photos. What they cannot say is, gosh, that's a spaceship, you know, from Mars. What mm -hmm. they can say is that is an object a mile away, uh, about 60 feet in, in, across um, that is fully articulated and disc shaped. And we see from the two photos and the figure ground relationship and the uh, how the emulsion breaks up under high magnification based on what we know about the weather that day. Uh, and we have other people who have come forward and testified that they saw it also, who have nothing to gain and everything to lose and around being ridiculed, right. uh, then find there's a history of activity in the area. It's it's sleuthing. It's investigating. It's not very sexy. It can actually be very boring and time consuming. But if you can build that triangulation and then find a released uh, declassified document uh, with certain governmental or, you know, intelligence or military concerns about UFO activity in that area at that time or some years before, you're on the right road uh, to building a, a great case or a believable case as opposed to, I just love this photograph. It's so cool. And okay, so I can't chase down the photographer and know it's never been analyzed, but I've got a feeling about it. Well, good luck to you and your feeling. 
Uh, all right. I hear her I guess my, uh, to yeah. just cut to the chase, if you're serious about the subject or any subject, mm -hmm. begin to build a real library, a research library that you can refer to and then play against what you're seeing online. But, you know, the, a research library today is Google for many, <laughs> many, 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 many people out there. When you and I were kids... And in our younger years, we'd go to something called a library where they had books that, you know, were actually vetted. The information went through a publishing editing process. Exactly. You know, but today it's like, oh, my God, you've got to be kidding. I know. Libraries is pretty uncool, yeah. uh, but they still exist. So I've read. Uh, I'll be speaking at yet one more uh, in, a, in a very short time. I love speaking at libraries. Yeah. Um Again, um, I, I have nothing against, you know, digital information and Kindles. I think they're wonderful. Yep. But in a research specialty area, if you are serious about it, begin to build a library. Download documents uh, that have been fully vetted. Um, Canadian American Military Intelligence Services, we have thousands of pages of extraordinary information, which is history post-war history as it happened, but just below the surface of official history, if you know what I mean. Peter, what's your take on the uh, disclosure movement? Mm. Um, um, Steve Bassett, who yep. I would say um, is the unofficial leader of the movement, is somebody I have tremendous admiration and respect for. I consider him a dear friend, uh, an esteemed colleague, and one of the most dedicated people I have ever met oh, in I, my entire time in this field. I agree. The disclosure with you. movement for me, um, what it is doing is it's not doing maybe what people dream it will do or hope it will do, and maybe it will in time, which is transforming, you know, the belief of the world or creating enough of a critical mass mm -hmm. among populations to demand that their governments release what they have. We're not there. Uh, what it is doing all over the world, small groups, two, three, 12 people um, who are educating other people, who are doing their best to normalize the subject, take it out of the realm of ha-ha, wink-wink, nudge-nudge, flying saucers and little green men. Uh, it is changing. But it's changing arithmetically so far, not geometrically. Um, what would it take to have that happen? Um, well, let's go to you know science fiction for a moment because there aren't a lot of scenarios in the real world that that I see giving us that. Um, if over the 60 biggest cities in the world overnight we wake up in the morning and over each one of these cities is one honking large mile across mothership, hanging a mile in the air, game over. That's the way a, uh, a miniseries made in the 80s and remade about 10 years ago called V began. Mm -hmm. It actually was amazingly tacky, and I lost interest in it very quickly. But I thought that premise was worthy of Jules Verne, H.G. Wells, um, um, choose your, your favorite. Well, sure, that's the exact same premise that writer. they used in Independence Day. Exactly. Yeah. Um, <laughs> let's hope, uh, as, as Travis Walton once pointed out to me, um, this whole paranoia about evil aliens, um, they, if things were, 
if if they were there and their intention was to take us over and run the world, um, maybe they're doing it covertly right now, but we are not walking around with little metal caps on our heads, staring straight ahead, working in the salt mines. Um, who knows what's going on behind the scenes? Um, I personally have come to feel, and this is purely um, subjective, that they, these other intelligences, there may be myriads of them coming mm -hmm. and going for their own reasons, with their own intentions, with different relationships with or feelings about humanity, some who feel, you know, we really do need some help and we're worthy of helping. Maybe it's somebody's graduate pro, um, experiment uh, gone horribly <laughs> wrong. Uh, maybe this is where they uh, send bad aliens to see how bad things really can be in the universe. Uh, I, I think that they, the whole spectrum of they, may be as capable of um, kindness enlightenment, decency, or pathology. Um, let's face it, on a certain level, we are the problem. Uh, we are the infestation on the host. That's right. We, human beings, are destroying this planet, happening at an accelerated rate, uh, I'm sorry to say, under the current American regime. Um, and why would anybody feel that we were even worthy of, you know, helping? Maybe there are a million years in the future. I mean, again, it's a Pandora's box of ideas and anything goes in terms of speculation. Um, one day at a time, um, I, I think, especially if you get deeply in the work, it can be very troubling. Uh, I once did a paper um, at John Mack's request that I gave at the uh, Cambridge Hospital um, Psychiatric Wing uh, John, who we lost, of course, in 2004, um, a drunken driver in England, um, about managing stress in UFO studies, your own as an investigator and that of the people that you're working with. Um, always remember to try to live your fullest life, have a good time whenever you can, uh, have the courage to love, um, fight the good fight, stand up for causes you believe in, and do the best work in this field that you can. You and I have to take our final break, my friend. Please stand by. Exonation. Yep. Peter Robbins is our guest this hour, and Peter and I will be back on the other side of this break as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Don't forget Exonation. You can watch the Exxon TV show and other great videos, shows, News reports on UFOs, Bigfoot, things that go bump in the night. You name it. It's in the world of the paranormal. It's parapsychology. It's on the Exxon channel exclusively on Simul TV. We'll be back on the other side of this break as we wrap up this hour with our good friend Peter Robbins, www.peterrobbinsny.com. You have heard of the X-Zone? Now watch it on Simul TV, plus 500 video games, live TV channels, free video on demand, worldwide, and more. Does this sound like tomorrow's television? Well, it is, but you can have it today, right now. It is Simul TV. Simul TV offers what the others only wish they could provide. 15 exclusive channels like X-Zone, sci-fi, and horror. We are worldwide. No other provider offers that. 500 built-in video games. No need to have an extra expensive system. We have them included. 
free video on demand, live streaming events from around the world, interactive online network, and much more. Tomorrow's TV today, Simul TV. Sound too good to be true? Well, it's not. You can have Simul TV today. Sign up at simultv.com. Do it today. The new nonfiction book, Razor of Madness, is similar to cult movies like Clockwork Orange, Dragon's Tattoo, or The Other Side of Hell. Wayne Morin Jr. and Thomas Lee Howe will expose widespread and systematic deficiencies in this thought-provoking tell-all novel. Mind control rages among scholars in law schools. Human rights are ignored while thought reform and mental manipulation are accepted practices used as behavior modification. Dr. Louis Jolion West comes to mind. Media and public scrutiny shows that United States mental hospitals are in fact destructive murder industries. Razor of Madness Expose Novel details this epidemic through an in-depth professional and personal investigation. For decades there has been a revolving door policy that still releases killers and pedophiles back into society. The maestro of mind control continues to haunt America to this very day. Razor of Madness is available in paperback or as a downloadable ebook at Amazon.com. I'm William S. Peckham. If you enjoy a good mystery with a touch of the paranormal, then you'll love my novel, From Out of the Woodwork. It's the story of a young Toronto contractor, Sean Kennedy, who buys derelict homes, guts them, and turns them into multifamily dwellings. Slums just waiting to happen. When Sean buys 29 Livery Lane, the house fights back. Former owners unexpectedly come out of the woodwork as he starts the destruction. The apparitions come to him when he touches old books, reads hidden letters, rummages through old boxes, finds a locket or reads a discovered manuscript of a murder mystery. From Out of the Woodwork will take you from 1899 to the horror of the World Trade Center, September 11, 2001. Check out From Out of the Woodwork on my website, www. WilliamSPeckham.com. Next donation, Peter Robbins is my guest, and uh, he is one of the he's one of the head, or he is one of the most popular people when it comes to UFO research. We all know. Bud Hopkins, we know the name John Mack, we know the name Stanton Friedman. And and these are the pillars of the UFO community as we know it today. If it wasn't for these people, including Peter Robbins, ufology wouldn't be where it is today with the amount of credibility that comes with the experience, the hard work, and the dedication that these researchers have done over the years. So Peter, thank you so much for joining us. Always a great pleasure having you here in the X-Zone. But I'd like to ask you one thing. We, when I when you were talking about, you know, the different reasons why these extraterrestrials may be coming here, is there a biblical connection to ufology? Um, my feeling, my belief, mm-hmm. uh, backed up by investigation, um, is, oh, yes, um, it's naive to think that if we're dealing with a genuine, truly anomalous phenomena, mm-hmm. it began in the summer of 1947. Um, Alexander the Great uh, wrote about um, an appearance of silvery shields 
in the skies over a battlefield the night before a great battle, which he and his generals saw as an omen. This is uh, pre-biblical. Um, and indeed, they did win that battle. When I read that account, my first thought was, what was the shape of the shields that they used? They could have been rectangular. They could have been like, um, uh, uh, you know, an emblem, or they could have been ovals or mm -hmm. round. They were round. Um, I, I think many people's uh, imaginations were activated in the mid-60s with the publication of the seminal uh, book by Eric, and Eric von Daniken, Chariots, Chariots of the, of the Gods. Gods yeah. um, von Daniken, as all but three people in the world know, uh, and has published, I think he's published over 400 million books in 40 languages, no exaggeration. Uh, he is a Swiss-German journalist, um, not a biblical scholar, who set that idea of ancient astronaut visitations. Um, I grew up in the Reformed Jewish tradition, and um, I'm fascinated by certain biblical accounts. Um, I grew up in my tradition with the understanding that these were real stories by real people. Some of them were allegories, some mm -hmm. uh, morality tales, some recycling of earlier myths from other cultures, a combination of things. But the one I kept coming back to after I began, became involved in this work was Ezekiel. Uh, Ezekiel's a real. simple man, yeah. you know, tending his flock who looks up and sees uh, a, uh, a wheel within a wheel of the mm -hmm. appearance of burnished beryllium that comes down to earth and kicks up all kinds of sand. Uh, out of it comes an angel. Uh, angel, um, in the original form uh, of the earliest language that we have it in, which was ancient Sumerian, is not at all a theological term. Uh, it meant emissary or go-between. Um, and there is an exchange and a relationship that begins. One could imagine an advanced culture coming to Earth, uh, having studied the culture to some degree, realizing these are still fairly primitive people uh, whose belief systems were still forming, and perhaps they could affect it to the better or worse, who knows. Um, the head of the angel was also described in, and I've read, I think, seven different translations, um, different biblical translations, and they're all strikingly similar, was also metallic with animals' heads on each side. If you want to stick in the locals' minds and become part of their oral tradition, then ultimately their religious tradition, perhaps that's the way it is. Um, now, some people, especially those who think in a fundamentalist manner, which is nothing to do with any particular religion, it simply means that you take your holy books literally with no room for latitude or right. interpretation of how it might have happened or what it might mean, um, or who was behind it as opposed to being, you know, a God thing and nothing else. Um, but yes, I think that this is a phenomena that's been going back to time immemorial and has been a partial effect on religious and secular thinking from the get-go. So is it possible the second coming of Christ will actually be the day that they land and they make <laughs> themselves known? Oh, I'm out of my depth with that question. <laughs> Food for thought. Food for thought. All right, I'll get us both of that before I get a call from the Pope again. Um, you sent me a newspaper clipping, and, and I was wondering yeah. if you could explain it. Like, I had the pleasure of producing your show that you did, the, I believe it was two years ago, with Kevin Randall on a different yes. perspective here on the Exxon Broadcast Network. 
The clip reads, U.S. publisher halts distribution of book on Randlesham UFO. Can you give us the backstory to that? Very quickly, um, I will say for a much fuller accounting, go to my website, which is my name, uh, the initials of my home state, PeterRobbinsNY.com, and you will find front and center on the home page a long polemic on um, what really uh, is a very sad story in a way. Um, more than 30 years ago, I was approached by an alleged witness to uh, Great Britain's best-known UFO incident, uh, absolutely as passionate as he could be, knowing a great deal of the detail of what had transpired, and in no way is what I'm saying here uh, casting mm -hmm. aspersions or uh, doubt on the events that happened in the Rendlesham Forest in December of 1980, better known as the Rendlesham Forest UFO incident. But um, at a certain point in my investigations, I was sold. Um, being a, a genuinely trusting person, uh, sometimes pathologically nice, um, coming from the background that I did of having been Bud Hopkins' longtime assistant, which continued on for many years after we began work on the book, which was published more than 20 years ago under the title of Left at East Gate, um, I developed a, a ferocious sense of loyalty to my co-author, um, to his claims, uh, to his sincerity. And not only did we complete the book, which was, you know, it did like UFO books did here, not great, uh, not terrible, but it was a smash bestseller in the UK and gave me opportunities that I would not have had otherwise, which is complex for me now and looking back on it. Um, but about two years ago, mm -hmm. um, the account to leak uh, and independent readers, um, many of them self-trained investigators themselves, started to bring things to my attention in terms of conflicts with what they had researched and my co-author's written account. Um, I simply could not accept it. it, it I, I knew better. And um, then I started to read them. And it was one of the most, it was certainly the most depressing, embarrassing, humiliating, um, and really regrettable events of my entire career. Uh, I can't even tell you what in our book of his is authentic or not, unless I was right there with him. He uh, he is a pathological liar, um, and I was completely taken in. I have spent a good part of the last year and a half apologizing to many people, uh, from very well-known colleagues to uh, individuals that were involved, to uh, the deputy base commander, uh, a very decent man, who tried to make me aware of this almost 30 years ago, but I knew better, um, and to make right um, the fact that because I believed him and because I'm pretty convincing when I, I do believe somebody and I'm a good enough writer um, and very stubborn, um, I helped to fool thousands of readers relative to all of the specifics of his account. Um, once the full impact of it hit me, um, and this would have been early, late last spring, I had to bring this to the attention of our publisher, a wonderful guy in New York who believed, like I did, that he was uh, 
publishing an updated version of a then considered UFO classic um, that we both understood was completely nonfiction, not partially nonfiction. And um, a very complex series of feelings from anger to sadness to frustration to absolute commitment, um, I encouraged him to have the public publishing company uh, do their own independent investigation. And last October, it went into a temporary printing and distribution uh, uh, mode. And in January, it was removed from the market and wow. will never be printed again. For me, it's particularly sad. I spent nine years of my life on it and thousands of hours after the fact, writing two follow-up books, also defending this person, um, to have it all come crashing in on me. Um, I stand by everything in the book that I wrote that is completely independent of what he had convinced me or I had convinced myself or fabricated information. Uh, and some of it was definitely fabricated, um, had made me think was authentic. Um, at this point, all I can do is um, be as open and honest about it as I can. I hope that all of your listeners, or at least those with an interest in this subject, will go to my webpage and um, take the time to read this long, depressing uh, statement. Um, and then decide for themselves how they feel. Uh, I've been incredibly moved by the hundreds of people who have contacted me since this scandal, which is just what it was, is uh, exploded around me. Peter, I uh, hate to do this, but yeah. we've run out of time. We'll have you back <laughs> on. Thank you so much. And Peter, My you pleasure. are a credible person. You are a definite asset to the UFO community. And please keep on being Peter Robbins. Thank you, brother. Take care of yourself, Peter. ExoNation, Peter Robbins has been my guest. www.peterrobbinsny.com. And I'll be back on the other side of the news at six and a half minutes past the top of the hour as we continue here in the Exxon from our broadcast center in Hamilton, Ontario, Canada. Modern Esoteric, Beyond Our Senses by Brad Olson, consummates the lifeology story about where humanity originates. It is the lost continents, the primitive wisdom, the mythos of creation, and the rethinking of ancient history as we are taught in academia. There is much more to the story than what we have been told. As this is the first book in the Esoteric series, Modern Esoteric starts at the beginning of time and accelerates up to this modern age. Future Esoteric is book two in the series and takes a forward-looking position ahead of today with an open and honest examination of the ET issue and various unexplained phenomena. To discover the writings of author Brad Olson, visit www.bradolson.com. That's www.bradolson.com. Are you or is someone you know struggling with addictions, depression, anxiety, relationships, low self-esteem, lack of confidence, grief, success, and prosperity? Do you know that your subconscious belief plays a big role in the outcome of your hard work? We can help you permanently change the beliefs that may be the reason for your struggles and failures. 
We care about getting you the return on your investment and the results you are looking for. We can help you be free of the limitations of your past and in realizing your highest potential. We work with people by phone and Skype. For more information, visit us at www.ritasoman.com. That's www.ritasoman.com. Do you think you have energy problems in your home? Do you feel better when you're away than when you're home? Joey Korn is a global leader in the world of dowsing who specializes in personal energy clearing and space clearing. He can help you create an ideal energy environment in your home no matter where you live in the world. Learn about his remote spiritual house cleaning services and much more at www.dowsers.com. You can get Joey's book, Dowsing, A Path to Enlightenment, as well as other dowsing books and tools, Kabbalah books, and Walter Russell books. Joey's work is really amazing. Go to dowsers.com right now. That's D-O-W-S-E-R-S dot com or call 1-877-DOWSING. That's 1-877-369-7464.